Amen. How many of you are glad that he is taking us higher? Amen. He is taking us from glory to glory. Amen. We are so thankful to be here with you tonight. Thank you to all of you who are tuned in with us watching on live stream. And we miss you very much. We are excited that things are changing and we are getting to move forward. And we will be having services this Sunday morning. And we're going to have a 9 a.m. service that will be for all of those that are over the age of 60, 60 and up, 9 a.m. for everyone, 60 and older. And then at 10 o'clock, we will dismiss and have a break from 10 to 11 and give our team that's here uh, time to get ready for the 11 o'clock service. We'll be cleaning up, sanitizing everything for you. We have arranged the sanctuary to help keep social distancing in place, and there will be no Sunday school, no nursery, anything like that. We've posted more information on that on our church Facebook page. We'll be sending that out to you uh, tomorrow in more depth so that you have all the information that you need concerning service on Sunday. Also, remember, 11 a.m. is for everyone 59 and younger. We want you to be mindful of that. And remember, there's no p.m. services on Sunday for the time being. And Wednesday nights will continue to be online only. There's a very special day that's coming up very quickly. That is Sunday, May the 10th, greater because of her. This is a day that we will be taking to honor all of the wonderful ladies at Greater Life Church. And this Sunday will be a little bit different set up for our services. For our Sunday a.m., 9 a.m. service, it will be for everyone whose last name begins with the letters A through I. And then a 10 o'clock break, and we'll resume at 11 a.m. service, and that will be for everyone whose last name begins with letters J through Z. And this helps us split the group right at the middle uh, for number's sake so that we can make sure that we continue practicing social distancing. But that's going to be a wonderful day to celebrate all of our ladies. Please stay online. Keep in touch with us. Make sure you know what's going on and changes that are being made. We'll do our very best to get all the information to you as quickly as we can so that we can move forward. Amen. We want to go to the word of the Lord tonight. We want to open our Bibles to Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13. And we'll begin reading at verse 11. And I'm going to be reading from the message translation. But you can just follow along with me. He says, we can't... He said, but make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all of your day-by-day obligations that you lose track of the time and doze off oblivious to God. The night is about over. Dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he began when we first believed. We can't afford to waste a minute. We must not squander these precious daylight hours 
and frivolity and indulgence and sleeping around and dissipation and bickering and grabbing everything in sight. Get out of bed and get dressed. Don't loiter and linger, waiting until the very last minute. Dress yourselves in Christ and be up and about. I want to go back to where he said the night is about over. Dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he began when we first believed. Amen. Tonight we are going to be continuing our series, How Do You Rebuild a Masterpiece? And my title tonight is The Finishing Touches to the Masterpiece. The Finishing Touches to the Masterpiece. Amen. We have been walking through this series discussing this very thought. How do you rebuild a masterpiece? How? That is the question at hand. That is the question that we ask when we understand what God is wanting. We hear Him, but we don't clearly understand how. So many times in the Word of God you find people... They have faith. They believe the word of God. They trust in him and and they know him. But when God gives them the plan, they respond with a question. They respond with a a how or a when or a who. They, They don't understand all of it. Questions arise. Will it be worth the cost? Will it be worth the effort? Will it be worth the time to rebuild this masterpiece? Will it ever be the same? Is it worth it to to do this? And the naysayers, they look on and say, well, it, it will never be what it once was. You will never be who you used to be because I, I, I've seen what you've gone through and, and you've gone too far. You've gotten so far away from God, he can't reach you. You've done so many things in your life that have drifted you away that you're never going to get back to the place that you once were. You, you've been damaged too much. As Pastor mentioned two weeks ago, Satan was there in the garden after creation was very good. He lured Adam and Eve into an opportunity for them to fall. And so it was after they took of the fruit, the fall of man took place. And Satan And his sneaky little mind was thinking, it will never be the same. I have ruined a very good thing. I have tormented and I have beguiled them and tricked them. And I've gotten them to a place where they will never recover. They have been marked by sin and they have been labeled a sinner. I have been victorious today. He makes comments like this to us. Who do you think you are going to church? I know what you've done. 
Quit pretending. I saw the fire that ruined you. I saw the ashes on the ground that proved that you were burnt and destroyed. I've seen the scars and the marks in your life that tell of of the hurt that you've been through. I've seen the knives in your back that have been placed there by friends and by loved ones. Stop acting like you didn't go through a flood. Stop acting like you're not a failure. And we hear all of these lies and we too begin to wonder... How, truly how, is this masterpiece going to be rebuilt? How is this going to unfold? How is this even possible? Because the things I'm being told are right. I have been through a flood. I have been through a fire. I've been through a lot of things in my life. And, and it's showing how, how is that even possible to rebuild a masterpiece, to get it back to its former glory. I've seen the damage and I have seen what is left. And I, I'm, I'm saying there, there's no way. I, I've seen what's left. And God's saying what is left is all I need. Oh no God, you don't understand. There's a great work that has to be done here. It's going to take a lot of nails to get all of this back in place. And God said no, only three. And we're saying, oh no, God, I, I understand that, but, but there's not enough people. It's going to take so many people and workers and sacrifices and doves and bullocks and rams and, and lambs and all of these animals are going to have to be sacrificed and, and it's going to be too much. And God said, no, it's only going to require me. I am how you rebuild a masterpiece. Questions will come, no doubt, in your mind as you walk with God. Who, what, when, where, why, and how. We are full of questions. We are digging for information because we don't like to feel like we are left in the dark. We don't know the next step that's before us. And instead of just trusting God, we have to ask so many questions. But reading through the Word of God... And living through for 31 years, I have found that even when God gives us information, it's still not enough for us. We still doubt, we still question, we still have so many things going through our mind, and we still are not clear on exactly all of the details. And sometimes He gives us an answer, but it is not what we wanted And we walk away sorrowfully. You don't believe that? Go back to the rich young ruler. He said, what do I have to do to to be saved? What do I have to do to make sure that I'm right? And, And Jesus gave him a very clear answer. And he told him what it was going to take. But that young, rich young ruler did not like what Jesus told him. And the Bible says that he walked away sorrowfully. It's not because God is not speaking It's because we're not listening or we don't want to hear what God is saying. But He is not speaking a foreign language. We are trying to read between the lines and God is waving His hands at us. And He's saying, stop trying to read between the lines and just read the lines. Read the book. Read what I've already told you and apply it to your life. And stop trying to figure out what else, who, what, when, where, how. And just say, God, I don't have to know all the details. If it's in your word and and I can apply it to my life, then that is good enough for me me. 
Yes, there are wonderful truths buried in the Word of God that we, we dig and we find and, and we tie scriptures together to apply it to preach messages and, and, and words that God has laid upon our heart. But sometimes we complicate God. God speaks and gives a clear word and then we play 21 questions with God. I was with a young boy one day and we were out playing at a park and he said, Brother Landon, what, why is this this way? And I said, well, because of this. And he's, well, why? And so I'd explain why and he'd say, but why? And again, we would continue, but why? Why, 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 why was the only thing that I think this little boy knew how to say. And by the end of it, he didn't have a better understanding. And I was even confused what we were even talking about. Because so many questions come up and it became so complicated. You know, when I, years ago, growing up, all we ever knew was Windows and Microsoft. And and then when I went to Bible school, uh, I was given a, a Mac laptop to take with me to Bible school. And I opened that thing thinking it would be so much like what I was used to, but everything changed. And I was so frustrated. I'd try to type a paper and I would try to do this and try to do that, but it it was not working. And I I was getting so frustrated thinking, I'm already done with this thing. And and somebody spent a lot of money on this thing and, and was so kind to give it to me. And I'm about to throw it out the window. But over time the more I would spend learning how to operate it and learning how to just drag a folder and click and drop. And and it became so simple. The problem was I was overthinking everything. I was overcomplicating all of it. When the reality is it just took a moment of me slowing down and taking the time to figure some things out. And when I took some time getting to understand it, it made it that much easier. You see, the more you spend time with God and the more time you spend reading His Word and wanting to get to know Him, the better you will understand. You may not have all of the questions answered that you want God to answer in your life, but I can promise you, the more you spend time with Him in prayer, the more you spend time reading the Word of God and fasting and communing with Him, the better understanding you're going to have about everything. And you'll begin to realize you don't have to understand it all. All you have to do is take God at His word. But questions, they do come. They came to those in the Bible. Moses, he came and he says, well, who am I going to say has sent me? And how is this going to happen? And why me? Because I, I'm not good enough. And Abraham and Sarah laughed and asked, how, how is this possible? Zechariah asked, how can this be? The psalmist asked, how long, O Lord? Jesus cried out, why have thou forsaken me? Gideon asked, who, me? Job asked, what and why? Mary asked, how? How can this be? seeing I've never been with a man. I, I, I've heard you. I've heard your plan. I've heard your purpose. But there's something inside of me that, that I, I've just got to ask. How can this be? And there are so many countless others throughout the Word of God that they too had a question. How is this possible? But may we have the same spirit as Mary that that says, you know, I don't know how and, and you may not tell me all the answers, but just be it unto me.
Be it unto me according to thy word. Whatever you're telling me, I, I don't understand it. I, I don't know how, but, but I trust you. And that's good enough for me. You see, even when given information, there are still going to be questions. I truly believe that what is on the horizon for our church is so great and so wonderful. And I don't have a prophetic word tonight, but what I feel is more than a feeling. And I pray that you've been feeling it too. That God is about to do some new things and rebuild some things that we never thought possible. You've been waiting on a word. Even I myself have been praying for a clear word. But the reality is God is looking down and smiling and saying, you wouldn't believe it even if I told you. I want to share with you what I feel. But even if I told you, you would not believe it. That's what God is saying about this hour. You may have questions. How do we rebuild a masterpiece? How is this going to happen? What's going to come of the church? What's going to become of our world? And God is saying, you would not believe it, even if I told you. He said, I hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Things have been shifting Things have been stirring. Things that you've been praying for for years. Something is about to break and unfold right before your eyes. That wall that you've been pressing up against every time you go to pray. Every time you reach for that loved one. You've just been running into a wall. I say it in the name of Jesus tonight. That wall is about to come down. The chains that have had some of you bound or some of your loved ones bound. They are about to be broken. Loved ones that you've been praying for are about to make their way back home. The tears of sadness are about to be turned to tears of joy. How do I know this? How do I know it? Well, one, I feel it in my spirit. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. But let's go back to our text and I will show you. Romans 11, verse 11 in Romans 13, he said, but make sure That you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-by-day obligations. Don't get so caught up in what you're doing today and tomorrow and the next day. And you're so caught up with the news and you're so caught up with, with what others are doing and what others are thinking. And, and you get so caught up in all of that that you lose track of the time. And you doze off. You fall asleep oblivious to God. The night is about over. Dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on that salvation work He began when we first believed. You hear me tonight. Your night is about to be over. Your dawn is about to break. So be up and awake to what God is doing. Not what He did. Not what He used to do. Not what He will do. But be aware and alert of what God is doing even right now. What is He doing? You say, God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work 
work he began before he wraps all of this up, before he says it's complete and it's finished and done, he's saying, hold on, my masterpiece is not done yet. I'm still working. I'm still moving and stirring and pulling and drawing hearts. I'm still calling loved ones back home. I'm still reaching for those that are lost. His masterpiece that was marred is being put back together. That situation that you last saw in rubble is about to experience revival. You're going to see it begin to transform right before your very eyes. Things that you didn't think were possible are becoming possible. So many right now are talking. They're full of questions right now. And I'm not the person to talk to about prophecy. But I can say this. I believe with my whole heart that the coming of the Lord is very soon. It's obvious we are sooner today than we were many days ago to the coming of the Lord. If there was ever a time that we've got to be alert and awake, that time is now. If there's ever a time that I've got to realize what God is doing, it's got to be right now. I've got to realize that God is in the business of rebuilding a masterpiece and He's finishing it up with the finishing touches right before our eyes. He said we cannot afford to waste a minute. We must not squander these precious daylight hours. We can't waste any opportunity that God has given. We can't waste a daily devotion. We can't waste missing an opportunity reaching out to our kids through Facebook. We can't miss an opportunity to reach out via live stream to as many people as will hear the word of the Lord. We can't miss an opportunity if there's an opportunity for us to be in the house of God. If we feel safe enough to do it. And we can trust God enough to do it that we could walk boldly in and say, God, I don't want to miss a moment. God, I don't want to miss an opportunity for you to do your best work. Here I am. Dress yourselves in Christ. Be up and about. God is working in ways that we cannot even see. He has been saying that to Greater Life Church I feel like those words are an echo in this place. Even before all of this stuff started happening, God was speaking that word that He is working in ways that we cannot see. And in those moments, it's it's those moments that we cannot see where there are so many questions. But I am asking you tonight to trust God, to know there is something taking place in the supernatural. You may not see it, but you feel it every time you go to pray. You may not see anything unfolding, but every time you open the Word of God and begin reading, you're encouraged. Your spirit is lifted and something begins to happen. It may not have arrived yet, but you can hear the sound of the abundance of rain. You can hear something shaking. You can hear chains falling. Your life isn't perfect yet, but you have felt the covering of the blood over your life. You're not perfect and done with what God has to do in your life and in your family. But you have started to see pieces falling into place. You've started to notice those finishing touches being done that just lets you know things are changing and God is moving. What was destroyed, what was marred, God 
reconciled us. He brought us back to a right standing with Him. He exchanged His blood for our freedom. Second Corinthians says, All things are of God, who hath reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. What am I saying? I'm saying the work He did in you and for you does not end there. But it is something that He wants you to share with others. He wants you to let them know of the transforming power of God. That He can take a mess and create a masterpiece. And that that we sang that on Sunday. I am living proof. I am living proof of the transforming power of God. That when I was washed and buried in baptism in Jesus name. When I was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues something changed in my life and I stand here today only by the grace of God I stand before you today as living proof that God only God can rebuild a masterpiece only God can take the mess that I've made with my life and put the pieces back where they go and take only three nails and some blood and create a masterpiece that no one else could. Only God can do that work that needs to be done. Ephesians chapter 2 in the New Living Translation pastors quoted it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things He planned for us long ago. Not just that He created us. That's what He did at first. But after the fire, after the flood, after the fight, some of us have been through so much, so much hurt, so many tormenting thoughts, so many knives stabbed in our back, so many things that we've been through and it shows. And because it shows... We've started building walls that we hide behind. We've started wearing masks that we hide behind because we don't want anybody to see what we've been through. We don't want anybody to know the the things that have taken place in our life because our lives maybe once upon a time were not so bad, but we made some really bad decisions and and we did some things that were not very smart and and, and we've wound up with bruises and scars and, and hurts and pains because of those things. And so we hide. But God said, I'm not worried about any of that. He said, I am creating you anew. You are a masterpiece. I know you don't see it right now because of all that you face and all that you've been through. But I am creating you anew. Like the clay on the potter's wheel. If you will be still and trust my steady hands. And know it's going to be okay. When Jeremiah went down to the potter's house, he said, I saw the potter, I saw him working, and he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he had made of clay, the the vessel that the potter made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter, colon, Not period, it's not the end of what he has to say. 
But sometimes that's where we stop because that's how we feel. The, the clay is marred. Period. It's done. It's over. It's, it's ruined. We've got to throw that batch out and start again. That colon means that there's a pause. Because we get so caught up in the first part because we see the marred clay. But not only was it marred or spoiled or ruined or corrupted, but it was marred even in the hand of the potter. You see, sometimes even in the hand of the potter, we get messed up. Even in the hand of the potter, we get corrupted. We make bad decisions. We do things that that mess something up. You say, how is that possible? How can that be that even while I'm in the hand of the potter, I could be marred? How does that happen? He made it and it became marred. How does that happen? I'm certainly not saying that this was the potter's doing tonight. What I'm saying is sometimes life happens even when you're in the potter's hand. That even when the potter is pressing and molding and shaping your life, something can happen. Life happens. You, you made a decision that, that messed something up. And it would be easy in that moment for the potter to see what was done and say, well, I, I'm done with that. But it says after that pause, so he made it again, another vessel. As seemed good to the potter to make it. He didn't discard you because you got distracted. He didn't send you away because you have sin. He didn't look at the masterpiece that you were. And the first fire that came and burned you and scarred you and marred you said, well, I'm done with you now. No, he said, I already have a plan in place. I already know what I'm going to do. I, I, I know you were good and, and, and I was rotting a work. And somewhere along the way it became marred, but I'm not done working yet. I haven't taken my hand off of you yet, Clay. I haven't removed my hand from your life yet. I'm still pressing you. I'm still molding you. I'm still shaping you until I see that it's good. I, I'm putting those finishing touches on the the work that I started, but I'm not done yet. I still got my hand on you and I'm still molding you and shaping you into who I want you to be. Sure, we've come a long way, but you ought to be excited to know that God is not done yet. Philippians chapter one, verse six in the Passion Translation, it says, I pray with great faith for you. Because I am fully convinced that the one who began this glorious work in you, the one who started all of this, the one who did it from the very beginning, the one who began this glorious work in you will faithfully continue the process of maturing you and will 
put his finishing touches to it until the unveiling of our Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody ought to rejoice tonight and say, thank you, God, that you're not done with me yet. Thank you, God, that you haven't discarded me. Thank you, God, that the work that you started, you are faithful to perform it. You're faithful to see me through it. You're faithful, God, until you're finished and completed with me. You are faithful in putting those finishing touches on. As a sculptor, he keeps chipping away and cutting away to reveal the masterpiece within. So the master artist wants to use our trials and our hard times and our hard days and those moments of life we feel like giving up and we feel that chisel and we feel like another part of us is falling off and, and we feel this piece fall and this piece fall and we come before the Lord and we're saying, God, I'm falling apart. God, I don't have anything left to offer you. I, I keep noticing these things that are being removed from my life, God. God, and I don't know what's going on. I, I thought I needed that. All the while he's chiseling away. All of the while he is working. And every time a piece fall off, falls off, he's, he's shaving it off some more. And he, he's scraping and molding because we don't see what he sees. He's over here and he's operating and he's moving in ways that we don't yet understand. But he is making a masterpiece. As soon as he is done, then we will know but right now we have questions of how. How is this going to be possible? But I'm thankful for what Paul said. That the one who began a good work in us. But he's not going to just begin it. But he will carry it on. The definition of finishing touch. Is the last thing done. To make sure something is complete. With the work being done. In the rebuilding of a masterpiece, it requires cooperation on our end. We have to be willing participants in this work and saying, God, whatever you want to do in me, God, I want you to do it. God, I know that your word says that, that you who have, has begun this work is faithful to perform it. I, I, I've seen the, that your, your hand is, is doing something that I don't yet understand. God, and I'm full of questions. I, I, I want to know details. God, and I come to you in prayer and I say, how God, or why would you let this happen? Or why is this going on in my world right now? How are we going to get through this? How am I going to overcome God? But rather instead of that, I want to lift my hands and say, I trust you, God. God, whatever you're wanting to do right now, God, help me to be still. God, because if you're painting, if you're nailing, if you're chiseling away and I'm moving, God, I'm liable to mess something up. God, but if I sit still for just a moment while you put on those finishing touches, God, something great is going to become of all of this. Brother Shoemake shared a story one time, and I've mentioned it here before many years ago, but he said that he had... An old car when he first started driving and he said that in his heart as the older he got, he said, Oh, I'd love to, I'd love to have that model car again. And so he talked to Sister Shoemake, which was a very wise decision. And, 
and she told him that she thought that that would be all right if he had the money to do so. And so he finally found the same model of his car. He said it was a different color and, and, and things were not the same as they used to be. The car had a lot more miles on it. It didn't sound like it used to sound. And it had tears in the seat and dents in the car and cracks in the windshield. And so he, he said, I, I don't want just want the car. I want it back to its original condition. I, I want it to be back to the way it used to be and, and used to sound. And I want, it, I want it to get to the place where it was just like I had it before. And so he said he went and talked to one of his buddies and... He said, this is what I'm wanting to do. He said, how much is it going to cost? And he said, when I saw how much it was going to cost me to do that, I ended up having to sell the car. And he, he said, I was so upset because I, I just could not afford to restore it. I didn't have the money. I didn't have what it took to do that because there was so much damage done to it. And he said he felt the Lord speak to him and he said, I want you to remember that the cost I paid for you in the beginning was not near the price I paid to restore you. The masterpiece, as costly as it is at first, cost him much more to rebuild it. But oh, how grateful I am that he paid that price. He isn't simply doing a patch-up job and giving you a band-aid and, and wiping your face off. No, he, he's taking you and he's making it again. He's making you anew. He, he is rebuilding you and transforming you into what was, into what he is calling you to be. He's putting on those finishing touches and he is making it again. How? How is he going to do it? It's not a matter of how he is going to do it. But the reality is he is already doing it. He has already begun that work. Now he is just putting the finishing touches in our lives before he calls us home. As a kid, we used to sing a song, he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make all of these other things, but he's still working on me. I'm thankful tonight to know that of all the things that I've done in my life, all the things I've done to, to mar my life and scar my life does not mean it's over. It does not mean it's the end. But I, I, I ought to lift my head right now and be encouraged that God is putting the finishing touches on my life tonight. And I ought to praise Him for it. God, we thank you tonight for all that you have done. We thank you for that price that you did pay to see that we were restored. God, you reconciled us unto yourself. You brought us in close. God, you wrapped your loving arms around us. God, that while we were yet sinners, while we were yet marred, God, you did not discard us. You didn't throw us to the side, God, but you brought us in closer. You worked with us more intently and more diligently 
diligently, God, to make sure that we are that product, God, that you see for the end. God, that you're working right now putting those finishing touches on the masterpiece. God, if we would be still, if we would not mess anything up, God, and just lift our hands and say, I trust you. God, do what you want in my life. God, that I know that something transforming is about to take place. God, we feel it in the Holy Ghost tonight. We feel it deep down in our spirit that you're stirring and you're moving. God, and while I do have questions of how, God, tonight I lift my hands and declare that I trust you. God, we give you all the glory and honor and praise tonight. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. We love all of you. We look forward to seeing most of you this weekend. We pray that you have a wonderful evening. I love you so much. God bless you.